The war in Ukraine from a Ukrainian perspective. Next on the program. Welcome to Five O'Clock. I'm Theral Timpson. America prides itself on being the arsenal of democracy around the world. Yet the Senate has just blocked an aid package to Ukraine. After 21 months of the biggest conflict in Europe since World War II, there appears no end in sight. Are Americans growing weary of the war? Hopefully not, says today's guest. He's a Ukrainian-American whose parents live in Ukraine. Rostislav Semikov is the CEO of Audubon Biosciences, based in Texas, a company that procures biological samples for research. We met at a recent biotech conference and had a very interesting conversation, and I was able to persuade Rosti to join us on 5 o'clock. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Sarah. Much appreciated. First, let's start out by getting to know you a little bit better. So you run this biotech company in Texas. Uh, tell us about how you got here, a bit about your journey. I'm Ukrainian, uh, born and uh, raised in Zaporizhia and then in uh, Kiev. And uh, in uh, 2016, uh, we started a company in New Orleans, Louisiana, when I was doing postdoc uh, fellowship there at uh, LSU. And then uh, once COVID started, we moved the company to um, Houston, Texas, uh, where I believe it's kind of a mecca of cancer research, uh, because most of uh, projects that we do are supporting um, cancer uh, research, new diagnostics and treatments development. Okay, so you grew up in Ukraine. What was the first town you said you lived in? In Ukraine, it was uh, Zaporizhia, Zaporizhia, um, Ukraine, it's southeast uh, area. Uh, where nuclear station is, which was Rus- recently occupied by Russians, and they threatened to blow it up. Oh, yes. that's I knew it was familiar. Uh, there were two nuclear stations. Uh, one is North uh, Chernobyl, which exploded earlier uh, in uh, um, 87 and made the big trouble all over the world. And there was another, uh, Zaporizhia, uh, which was southeast, uh, which uh, they uh, took uh, um, recently and... Um, so far, happily, nothing happened, but it was on the news that they threatened uh, there could something happen, which will be another Chernobyl. Okay, so I really want I mean, we had a, a really interesting chat the other day, and I just wanted to share this with our audience. You have such a perspective on, um, you know, the situation, because your parents live in Ukraine. Yes, uh, they live right uh, not far from that uh, uh, nuclear uh, station, um, and it's pretty, uh, you know, devastating and stressful uh, for them uh, and for us. Every time uh, we talk, they say, you know, we may not see you uh, next time, and if uh, something happens to us, uh, you know, we, we loved you, and um, they tell us all these stories. You know, they at some point they were buying. Um, iodine um, tablets, you know, if, if something happens at the nuclear station, oh. to get some protection. The other day, uh, they are buying uh, coal and uh, wood uh, because Russians are shooting uh, electric power stations um, and for uh, hours and sometimes days, uh, the people live without electricity. For other time, um, there was a bomb uh, when uh, a rocket actually uh, fallen down uh, five houses away from where they lived, and there was a number of uh, houses destroyed, um, over a dozen people got killed in the night, you know. So things happen 
uh, anywhere. No, there is no safe place, and um, it's kind of you know living under constant terrorist uh, attacks, and uh, no one is secure, and no one knows uh, what may happen. Ah, that must be awful. I mean, my heart goes out to you um, and your parents. I hope they'll be okay. Thank you. But what's the mood in Ukraine today about the war? I mentioned it's been going for 21 months. Um, a year ago, there was a bit of excitement when, you know, the Russians didn't make it to Kiev. Yes. Russians thought they will take Kiev in three days. That's what uh, their propaganda and that's what was uh, they were speaking on their TV that Ukrainian uh, Ukraine is not a country. The Ukrainian don't have an army and it will be an easy trip for uh, Russian forces. And they expected that people will welcome them. Uh, because their propaganda, you know, told that Ukraine, it's not a nation. It's just uh, uh, some deviation from Russia done by uh, Germans, Americans, uh, um, etc. Um, so uh, when they hit the reality, uh, Ukrainians are fighting uh, for their life and independence, for their freedom. And um, it, it's been a tough uh, war. In the beginning, uh, it was more inspiration, uh, uh, higher spirit. Uh, but as the war continues, it, it goes on and uh, support uh, from the uh, West declines. Ukraines are, um, Ukrainian are feeling uh, concerned and, um, you know, unsure, uncertain uh, what the future will bring, how long they will be uh, able to fight on their own. You told me the other day, you said, this is your country's war of independence. It's your 1776, to put it exactly. in American terms. Exactly. And if you remember, going back to those terms, there are a lot of similarities. Uh, it was uh, people's militia uh, who were fighting against uh, British regular army. And, you know, no one thought that uh, those uh, regular farmers and hunters, they would actually be able uh, to fight. Um, regular army and it took them a while to to learn to fight uh there were uh, also heavy losses uh, in the beginning um and there were um number of battles lost before uh american continental army uh actually took took back and were able to uh, dr uh drive british uh out and uh particularly i want to um Remind that's that's what at least I've been taught in American class history, which I took in uh, New Orleans, um, Chalmette uh, uh, High School when I was an exchange student. Uh, uh, that French um, supported a lot. France gave uh, a lot. Uh, uh, it was a billion uh, something of their, their, their currency at the, at the moment. Actually, going bankrupt uh, uh, with all the help they provided to uh, to the U.S. Um, yeah, and that so, French intervention really turned the tide too, you know. Yes, the support and and then their um, you know their navy, um, which blocked corn. I think Cornwallis in. Yes, so U.S. wasn't able to um, um, at least get the, to the victory without help. And then when we remember First World War or Second World War, it was always alliances, you know, of um, countries. Um, who took over the um, uh, evil? Uh, who took over the uh, evil part? 
Yeah. Um, so Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's a pretty modern country. This is something that I've learned uh, since, uh, you know, um, just watching this conflict. Um, I read somewhere that the di- there, the digitalization of the government in Ukraine exceeds that of the United States. So I'm curious, what do you think are some of the misconceptions we might have about Ukraine or may not know? Yes, that's uh, uh, there are a few good uh, uh, things with uh, indeed um, we enjoy and uh, um, we miss uh, here is uh, you have uh, in the smartphone you can have a passport driver's license uh, you can get uh, uh, um, a number of interactions uh, paying the bills uh, doing the um, um, lot of uh, uh, interactions uh, in the smartphone um, um, digitally. Uh, which uh, I didn't see uh, here, um, paying, uh, doing the bank transfers, kind of uh, well, before it was even before Zelle appeared here. Uh, okay. Then um, a lot of good food uh, at very reasonable price. A lot of good <laughs> coffee places, local uh, coffee spots. Uh, you know, not uh, um, one brand name, but a lot of local small coffee shops. Oh, that's small, nice. Is, is there yeah. a coffee culture over there where people yes. get together and chat yes. like in coffee. Vienna? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee and tea. Uh, tea also. Tea, coffee and tea spots. And um, I, uh, this really, yeah, culture of gathering together and uh, having um, family um, visiting guests, guests visiting each other, often on a very little uh, notice, um, you know, just gathering together with with friends um get going out uh to picnics um it's another very common uh common thing um that we do and doing uh shishka bars uh there uh outside so um i i believe um yeah um there are a lot of good stuff uh, a lot of great people uh when you come and experience you know it may uh, be um a bit uh, different than here. People smile less to the strangers. Okay. Uh, they smile. They smile more when they really mean it, and kind of when they uh, get to interaction in, in, into the um, getting closer to to someone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, I you know going back to the war of independence, it just seems like such an anachronism today. First of all, that there's a war like this, right? We, I mean, just to it's hard to get our head around. Um, over here in America, everything's fine. And to think that there is a war like this in, you know, the 21st century, um, and even a war of independence, you know, because most wars of independence were, oh, you know, hundreds of years ago, or even 50 years ago, I guess the African continent had theirs. Um, so I think it's just hard to get our head around. Um, but there, you know, you're, you're living it. Your parents are in there. Uh, yes, and it's actually because Russia still lives in uh, old century, hundred years ago. You know, um, that's or two hundred years ago. That's their paradigm of um, b- building the greatest empire, getting the most land, uh, getting the uh, glory of uh, winning the war. That's the biggest their national idea. That's what they live with, and that's uh, it was a big. Uh, they viewed. Uh, collapse of Soviet Union, they put in stated may, a lot of times that this is the biggest ge- geopolitical catastrophe of, of 21st um, century. And this kind of uh, what 
a lot of people think there, uh, and that's what they want when they had the country which we they thought is the number one in the world because they sent the first person in the space and they got the biggest bomb. Um, in you know, so, so this feeling of glory uh, by uh, not you know what comfortable how comfortable people live or what's you know level of life and human uh, rights and human dignity and uh, it, this is. Uh, they are far behind that. So in um, Ukraine started moving this direction. Uh, once Soviet Union collapsed, Ukraine uh, got uh, freedom and independence um, at that time, and there were transformation happening. It was much slower than we wanted to. Uh, it was uh, slower than uh, in Poland, you know, or some other Central European countries which joined EU and NATO er early. Um, and um, uh, Ukraine got stuck with corrupted government and uh, corrupted uh, officials, and uh, people. It took uh, a while uh, to start changing that. Uh, and once Putin uh, and Russia saw that Ukraine is, uh, you know, um, moving away uh, from Russia, and they were trying to corrupt it economically. They tried to keep ties. Um, by um, economic means, and when they saw it doesn't work anymore, they invaded. First in 2014, you know, took the Crimea and um, eastern areas, and then it was ongoing conflict, but at a lower scale. And when they saw that it doesn't uh, bring the um, necessary uh, resolve, they just got a full-scale war. Uh, so there's two. What you're saying is there's two different cultures there. Ukraine has become a, a different um, culture than, or or maybe it was always your culture. Uh, maybe there's always been two cultures. I'm curious to hear a little bit about the history. Um, Kiev was the capital of the old, the oldest, like Rus, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Ukrainian culture um, and history goes back to uh, Kiev and Rus. Which a state uh, which was formed uh, more than thousand years ago, uh, Kiev wow. itself it was uh, in fifth uh, century, so it's uh, like it was a celebration of uh, fifteen hundred uh, years, uh, some time ago of of of, of Kiev, uh, the city, and then uh, they united um, uh, the nation Slavic other Slavic nations around, uh, and built um, the Kiev and Rus. Um, which uh, received Christianity in uh, uh, 988 um, from uh, uh, Constantinople, from Byzantine Empire, which was declining in power uh, and then soon fell to Turkish. Uh, but Ukraine, um, Kiev at that moment, uh, for two centuries, uh, it was... Um, a beacon of uh, democracy and uh, um, uh, country which didn't try to conquer many lands around, but tried to build a good life for their citizens. Um, and they they, they get uh, good laws, good schools, uh, build churches, build advanced uh, culture, um, art, and. Uh, their kings were married with Western European, English, uh, um, French, um, and uh, Dutch. So they were kind of they were part of Europe. 
and then Mongolians came and destroyed um, Kievan Rus. So they conquered Kievan Rus, and they brought um, from Asia this, you know, barbarian type of uh, rule, and um, and that's where Moscow started uh, gathering um, influence. Moscow was um, uh, built by Kievan um, king six uh, or seven hundred after Kiev started as on the outskirts of uh, Kievan Rus. But when the Mongolians destroyed um, uh, the kingdom, the Moscow started gaining influence and they started building. Uh, they were submissive uh, and kind of with the support of Mongolians, uh, they got uh, Moscow kingdom. And um, in a um, few hundred years, uh, they were able to become independent. They fought against Mongolians. And they started conquering uh, former Mongolians, uh, Siberia, and other territories, as well as European uh, former Kievan Rus territories. That's where Ukraine became um, part of, between splitted between Poland uh, and um, uh, Russia. And then at that moment, it was Moscow Kingdom until 300 years ago, uh, Moscow King decided that he won also to take uh, not only the land, but the history of Kievan uh, Rus. And they called uh, their um, new nation uh, Russia, Rusia. Uh, Russia taking the name from uh, Kievan Rus, uh, but you know, changing it uh, into um, their own and claiming that their history goes back to, um, to Kiev. That's so interesting. That's, I mean, you know, I, I don't think the average American knows this. I didn't know this. Um, yeah, and they use it. Uh, it's it's means of uh, political and means of, you know, expansion. Uh, they say that because uh, uh, our kings go from uh, Kiev, we have a right to own this land. And uh, this is the same nation. And it means that uh, we have uh, to have one country. So, you know, again, you know, it's like uh, middle, medieval uh, ideology. Mindset. Uh-huh. Mindset. Yeah. Mindset and, and ideology. Yeah. You know, um, uh, since the sanctions on, I mean, Russia's, um, they're losing, you know, they're young people. They're losing artists and and, and the smart people, the coders. Um, and I've, you know, I've heard that it's, it's really um, been hard on their standard of living this war and you your wife's parents live in russia uh what do you hear from them or have you talked to them yes uh, um we have uh, yeah relatives uh, uh, there and uh, um they uh, they don't say they support uh, the war um you know they don't uh, they're not in favor of the war but they support their government uh, and uh um, they uh, they live there, and uh, we have um, some relatives who left Russia and uh, actually came to U.S. Uh, who flew uh, who flew Russia. So younger people, um, indeed, um, who have uh, critical thinking, or particularly who kind of read uh, news and analyze on their own, uh, they try to leave the country. Um, and search for other opportunities, uh, but very few resist uh, to Putin and 
this is again what's different between Ukrainians and Russians. Uh, this mindset in Ukraine, uh, when people were not happy with the government decisions, uh, when they, there was Freud election in 2004, 2005, remember it was like million people on the street in the capital, Orange Revolution. This was yeah, the Orange, yeah, Orange, Orange Revolution. Yeah, yeah, and they stayed there for a couple months in this middle of the winter, uh, you know, until uh, the government uh, actually uh, allowed uh, free election and re-election. And then uh, in 2013, uh, there was uh, another uh, revolution of dignity when our corrupted uh, president uh, took money from Putin uh, and uh, canceled the agreement with uh, European Union, which uh, allowed free trade and uh, free travel. Uh, between Ukraine and Europe, and uh, students went out, and then students were beat by police, and uh, and then again millions of people went out on the streets protesting against that, and they stayed there for three months, and they were uh, they got into, uh, you know, um, they've been attacked by the by the police by um, government forces, and they stayed there protesting, actively protesting against the corrupted government, and we don't see that in in Russia happening. You know, people uh, afraid. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm somewhat surprised by this. You know that there's not much more pushback, but I know that you know they have one channel of news, right, which is just propaganda twenty four seven, and then there's the threat of arrest. Yes, uh, and uh, uh, I I think it's you know propaganda did um, most of the job that since they didn't have any alternatives for 20 years. I mean, since Putin came in the first couple of years, he got control of state uh, media. It was the first thing what he did and then got control of uh, all the uh, money and government. And uh, since that, uh, there is no other opinion. And it's uh, all 24-7, uh, you know, the propaganda there. So, you know, even close relatives, they don't believe what you tell them, I, I, I see that on my eyes and they, you know, they say, oh, we saw on TV uh, and then they believe what's what they seen uh, and what they told on TV. Mm, yeah. Uh, what do you think of President Zelensky? Um, I have um, different uh, uh, opinions about him uh, before uh, the war. Uh, he wasn't a particularly successful uh, manager. Uh, and uh, the uh, country um, wasn't prepared enough uh, for the war. Uh, but at the once the war started, he displayed and he act he he acted uh, and he became actually um, a voice of the nation and a leader of the nation. Uh, he refused uh, to. Um, withdraw to fly away. Um, you know, it's well known fact when um, current administration, American administration, suggested him uh, withdrawal and retreat. Uh, him and his family and his close, uh, you know, top ministers, like happened in Afghanistan uh, with uh, oh, you know yeah. the, uh, who, who is teaching and writing books in Harvard or where's someone else in uh, you know one of the top uh, colleges. Uh, our president stayed and fight it. Uh, and he's he's risking his life and his family life and all, all the people there has been um so I highly admire him for doing that and for um you know 
communicating the message uh, to the people of, of, of the world. Uh, I think there could be um, better assistance uh, and some allies on management side uh, that he needs. Um, and uh, we still have uh, to do a lot to eliminate um, um, inefficiencies uh, in uh, an old Soviet style management uh, in, hmm. in different areas, in, in healthcare, in education. And, um, you know, this is, we need help to transform and like uh, from communist country uh, to a free world democratic uh, country. It takes it, it takes time and efforts. And that's where we need international community uh, help uh, for doing it. And again, uh, something that will be paid forward to other generations and to uh, other people in the region. Uh, speaking of help, so America's been divided um, recently. Uh, it's kind of something that's developed on support of the war, which I think is just a travesty. Um, any, do you want to, anything you want to say to them? I want to say that uh, we appreciate uh, uh, any help that America and all the help that they've been provided in the past. Um, I want to say uh, that um, this uh, um, support mainly it was military support. Most of the money that uh, Congress. Uh, uh, allocated to Ukraine, uh, it uh, either uh, stayed within uh, U.S. or, or was uh, brought to the Ukraine in terms of military, in terms of weapons, so to protect themselves. So this is help uh, to protect um, uh, Ukrainians by providing them weapons that they need to protect their fight and protect their lives. Uh, this is not uh, going to oligarchs. Uh, and uh, um, some uh, uh, unknown uh, poorest people, etc. Most of the help uh, goes um, in terms of uh, weapons uh, to protect lives of people and uh, fight for their freedom and independence. Uh, this is in line with American uh, values, and this is, uh, you know, helping Ukrainians to... Um, protect the uh, fight uh, army, Russian army, which uh, wants to go further. Uh, Putin is uh, saying, and this is Russia TV, um, they say that they're fighting Americans in Ukraine. Uh, they believe this is a war against the West and first of all, against the United States that they are fighting. So once, uh, if Ukraine falls, uh, there will be further uh, intervention into Baltic countries, into Poland, uh, in, in, into NATO countries. And then Americans, uh, if they um, honor the uh, NATO agreement, they will have to send soldiers there. Um, so at the moment, I, I, I believe um, providing weapons for Ukraine to self-defend itself uh, is the best uh, strategy and the most uh, wise strategy uh, for American people to stop uh, Putin before he goes further, like happened in um, uh, 38 when Hitler invaded Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia. Um, if at that time world would united, if you know United States stepped in, if uh, other countries stepped in and provided um, end of conflict at that moment, 
potentially there would be no World War II. Uh, but finally, uh, U.S. had to step in and the casualties were more and expenses much higher at the later point. So uh, we have to do uh, what we can to stop uh, Putin uh, as, as soon as possible. It's like with cancer. Um, you know, you have to uh, eradicate uh, the tumor uh, as early age uh, stage uh, as possible and as soon as possible before metastasis go, go all over the organism. The that's treatment a, is much... That's a good metaphor. That's very good. I, I, I like that. And you work in cancer. Uh, well, I think your war of independent... I think your war is our war um, because it's it's our values, right? You're fighting uh, for the freedom and the, the values that we have. Um, I think most wars of independence have been won by the country seeking their freedom, too. There's something about that, you know, when you're fighting for your own freedom, um, the motivation, the thirst. And it's been so inspiring to watch Ukrainians. You know, I, I love watching Zelensky videos and um, seeing, you know, the farmer Ukrainians out there, even with their tractors and the grandmothers yes. volunteering. It's It's been amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Let me just say that this is not Zelensky war. Uh, there were, you know, Times articles uh, pr- uh, which were glorifying Zelensky and then saying this is, you know, Zelensky war. This is people's war. This is people of Ukraine war. This is farmers, uh, yeah, who step in. This is uh, a lot of volunteers who provide for the army, uh, which the government was not able to provide and buy in advance and prepare. Uh, regular people are stepping in. Uh, so. And regular people suffer the most. Uh, if you look uh, the news on, um, you know, Protestant churches, Baptist, Pentecostal, other who are under occupation, uh, they are treated as American agents and they've been persecuted uh, and, and the church has been taken away and uh, the um, uh, people have been uh, tortured and murdered and uh, you know, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of everything has been taken away from people. So that's people in Russia. Fighting, you mean uh, when on the like, occupied territories? On, in Ukraine, oh, the occupied territories. Oh, okay. Yes, the in the territory. occupied territories, uh, and, and in Russia, it's uh, moving in that direction. There are a lot of limitations, but Russians are uh, still enjoying more freedom than you know in, in, in Ukraine. So Ukrainians see that what happens. Uh, and they are fighting for uh, their freedom and for their life and, and for their independence. So, yes, we do share the same values uh, with Americans. Uh, so uh, we are, um, uh, if, if America betrays those values, you know, it will be hard uh, for other nations uh, to rely um, and believe uh, in values. Uh, and also there was a treaty, um, a memorandum of uh, Budapest, signed in 1994 when Ukraine gave all the nukes in exchange for uh, assurance, security assurance uh, from U.S., uh, Great Britain, uh, Russia. You know, the superpowers assured uh, Ukraine, Bill Clinton signed it from uh, Ukrainian, uh, from U.S. side, assuring Ukrainians will uh, not be invaded and their boundaries will be kept uh, and the country uh, you know, will uh, exist as it is. So there was a promise given. Right now, you know, lawyers uh, uh, say that, oh, there was uh, something, uh, the comma was not put there and the word was not written well and there was not, uh, it's, uh, I mean, you know, the, you, you know those things. 
but it was a promise given by um, American president on behalf of American nation to Ukrainian president, to Ukrainian nation that America will secure um, uh, the borders and guarantee um, Ukraine. So um, it, it's also important to, to remember in this bipartisan, right now is a lot of bipartisan politics. Before that, it was not, not bipartisan, partisan politics. Before election process started, it was bipartisan support for Ukraine. That's right true. Now we, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think Putin's, you know, uh, he he's he's going to keep going through the election, right? Um, exactly. He's going to hope that Trump wins, first of all, but he's benefiting from this partisanship. Yes, and 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 we don't know how Trump will act. And you know, uh, there was a recent uh, Mike Pompeo talk uh, in, uh, in in Ukraine. He came there and he spoke that he Trump will do right thing. And uh, uh, Trump was actually uh, the one who started giving lethal weapons to Ukrainians before Obama and Biden. That's they were true. Sending, yeah, those javelins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was by Trump administration. Uh, Obama and Biden, they were sending deep concerns and some blankets and some other uh, humanitarian aid. Um, but uh, Trump started doing a given military. Um, and then, uh, so Mike Pompeo was saying that uh, uh, Ukraine has to win. Um, and I've recently heard uh, Speaker Johnson saying that uh, if we don't stop Putin, he will march, uh, you know, across the Europe. So I, I believe he understands that this is a real threat. This is not something, you know, that uh, it's politics. It's hard, uh, you know, for those emperors to stop at one, winning one battle. You know, if you look in the history, Napoleon, uh, Alexander the Great, uh, uh, Hitler, uh, you know, Stalin, whoever, once they win one country, they go for another. And then their nation and their uh, government, they require new victories. And then they go further and further and further you know, China, Mao, I mean, whoever you take, uh, it, it always starts small and people uh, underestimate the threat, but then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it becomes, uh, you know, much uh, um, uh, complex problem, which affects many more lives and has devastating impact. So the earlier we stop Putin, you know, it's in common interest of uh, all the free world and uh, those who believe in uh, democracy, not uh, authoritarian regimes. Thank you for coming on uh, and for telling this story. You know, you're not a politician and um, not even a journalist, but I thought it would be refreshing just to hear from, a, you know, a citizen who moved from Ukraine to America, a businessman um, without all the, you know, punditry, um, just directly. Have you been uh, back to visit since the conflict began? Uh, I came here as an investor uh, on an investment investor visa in 2020 uh right before covid started um uh, that's where our company uh is and where I'm uh, managing and um, uh, developing it and uh, once the covid started the government closed um US embassy was closed and if I leave uh US I have to reply for visa so I wasn't able to travel during COVID times, and then the war started right after COVID. So uh, for three years, I wasn't able uh, to travel due to uh, visa restrictions um, that I have as an uh, investor and owner of a U.S. company. Well, please take care, and I, I you know, hope the best for your parents 
And um, thank you for talking in English. I don't know Ukrainian. <laughs> so, but I, I can say this, Slava Ukraini. Royam Slava. And thank you for uh, being so interested. And I was impressed with your knowledge of history and uh, science other than uh, biology. Uh, so um, thank you uh, for hosting me and uh, supporting Ukraine. Rostislav Semakov is the CEO of Audubon Biosciences. Thank you. Thank you, Theron.